2: They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
1: This is the besotted Pride of West London podcast. And we've got a game on Saturday against Barnsley. It's Brentford's 4000th league game. So we're looking forward to that. But before that, we're going to just talk about all things because this is a time to reflect. We've had a couple of big games over the last few days. And we got one result which didn't quite go to plan, and another result which probably could have been a bit better. But we're fairly happy with it. We played Newcastle, we played Derby County. We'll be talking about that and reflecting on where the bees are at over the game, over the last couple of weeks or so. Um, We'll also be looking forward to Barnsley game, the 4,000th Brentford League game as well. And uh, we'll just be having a little chat, a little mini pod as it is, as we are at the moment now. We normally talk in the pub, but we're not in the pub this time, we're in the pod We're in the Portable Studio. We don't do too many podcasts in the Portable Studio, but we're in the Portapod, actually, travelling somewhere. We thought if we travel somewhere in a -a Portapod, then it'll actually give us more time to think. So I'm here with my mates in the Portapod, chatting and thinking and just feeling Brentford. And I'm feeling mighty fine. How are you doing? I'm Billy Grant, and I've got to the right of me, in the Portapod, Mr Dave Lane. How are you? We're all about Portapod.
3: It's a car. It's a car on the M1. If you <laughs> we're not, we're not in, uh, we're not in space. We're we're just, we're just in uh, Northamptonshire. I think oh, I'm all right, mate. Yeah. Um. It's been a very mixed, mixed couple of games. Um. And the the thing that I that's amazed me from the last two matches, over seventy five thousand people have turned out to see the mighty, mighty Brentford in the last seventy two hours. That's uh, that's pretty impressive, mate. That is, uh, and again, as we say, they're they're only there for the Brentford, were not they? Only here for the Brentford, yeah. Um, Derby, they, I'm not even sure they were there at all tonight. They, they, that was that was a kind of a flat. That's the flattest time I've been to the iPro. They, 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 the drum got them going a little bit during the second half, but you know they they just sat there in silence. I mean, it was a it was a, you know it was, a, it was a pretty pretty good turnout from them. It was like a big big home support. So you you were pleased with the drum then. No, I hate the things. Um, There's a really good song um, towards the set to the end of the second half, where you know we're Brentford FC. We don't need a drum, that, that was quite loud. I've just I've just tweeted that actually. It's a good bit of video. Um, yeah, so it was, a, it was a, another. It was a soulless out of out of town. iPro tonight. We were we were sort of walking in the drizzle up to the iPro pro um, along a dual carriageway. It was uh, it was kind of a bit of a retail park experience. Retail part. I must admit, okay,
1: retail part. But I'm I'm actually a bit disappointed. Actually, you've blown the cover. Actually, because I thought that everyone actually was thinking we're in some sort of high tech, our uh, beautiful studios sort of flying through the air, and now uh, we've been seen as being rather budget, which I think is a bit unfair. Thanks, Dave. I think it's in Nissan. <laughs>
4: That's right. Listen, I've also got the liberal here. The liberal. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, Bill. Thank you. Um, I'm just pondering why it is that the. Uh... M1 is always has roadworks at night. I mean, how many football fans every year get affected driving up and down, following their teams home and away, by the roadworks on the M1? It's a disgrace, and there should be a should be a hotline set up that people can phone into um, if you're a football fan to complain about the roadworks on the M1 every night.
1: Do you always think of that when you're sort of flying through space in a, in a portable yeah, studio?
4: Rocket. Yeah, in my, yeah, in my rocket, uh, which is doing the precisely the 70 miles an hour, I'm amazed that we can get through this blackness in the, uh, in the way that we do it.
3: Indeed, indeed.
4: And we've also got the Dutchman. He hasn't been on for a fair few weeks, the Dutchman. How are you? I'm um, good, thanks,
5: Billy. Good to be back. Uh, two away games in a couple of days for me, which is quite good. I, I found it staggering today. I've gone to a stadium that holds about 27,000 people, and I looked, at it thinking, this is pretty small, which I just it yeah, goes to show how big Newcastle is really but yeah, two very enjoyable away trips uh, I was a lot happier with the result today uh, than Saturdays but yeah, good, good to be back on board
4: Good to be back
1: on board so look, two games in a matter of a couple of days as well we had Newcastle, we had Derby mixed results as we sit out there but you know, Newcastle was a big day out for Bees fans and uh, Derby was a bit of a I'd say a functional one but the support there was actually really good we're going to have a little listen back to what the fans had to say in both those games after the game, and then we're going to come back afterwards and we're going to chat about Brentford and our experiences and where we think we are
0: nowadays. Yeah, it's quite like disappointing. You go 2 0 down too early. They didn't look too up for it, to be fair, and I thought um, they gave too much respect. If only McCormack started. Maybe it would have been different, but easy in hindsight.
1: I don't know, I mean, it feels like it's been a good day out. It would have been nice to see us get something today, but I mean, even though we started a bit shaky, we grew into the game well, and we are getting a lot of lessons from this for the season. And if we want to get playoffs, this, I think it'll help us push on in the long run, even though we didn't get a result today.
4: They're, they are a class above, to be they've, honest. They've got the Premiership players,
3: and it showed. We just ran. We weren't at the races today, really. Tried a bit better in the second half, but men against boys, I'm afraid. I don't know what went wrong with them last year, but to be honest, they shouldn't have been down there in the first place, and I don't think they will
1: be for long. Their fans were a bit disappointing. It was quite a quiet game. Yeah. Um, I've got to ask you, but do you think they were only here for the Bradford? Well, yeah, I think it was their biggest attendance, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely only here for the Brentford. That's right. Um, yeah, and we were um, we were here for them as well. <laughs> yeah, I thought Newcastle played really well. One of the best performances of the season. There was a few performances out there. Dwight Gills, um, as you say, John George Shelby. Um, I thought Goufran as well were, we're the best performance of the season. And I think we've got the best manager um, in my lifetime. And that's in something. Because we've had Kevin Keegan and Bobby Robson, so uh, I'm very, very happy. has had a hell of an
0: effect because I think he's he's got the whole squad rotation thing. He, he's worked that out. He's brought players in for the championship, but he's also had a good effect on individuals. Gouffran had a great game today. That was a bloke who under Pardue looked completely lost in English football, but he absolutely, absolutely brought out the best in him. And it's just that's just one example. I think of what uh, what Rafa's done for the team. I think, in all honesty, I got the 3-1 spot on, but I, it could have been 5 or 6. I, I don't like the sound cocky or arrogant, but I do think we'll be all right. I do think we'll be OK to bounce back. I definitely don't think we'll get relegated again. I don't think we were over at all. Um, <laughs> with the matches, and as you well know,
4: but I'll go home and away, with the matches I've seen in recent performances, overall, definitely, no, they weren't scared of where they were. They did come on... It's whether we were tactically ready to do what we needed to do today. Uh, I think disappointed
3: with not taking three points after the, the way the game's gone, especially the second half. I think we've, uh, we've been more or less all over them in the second half. Uh, they've had a couple of good chances, but for us, I think it's been final ball today. If we haven't been able to pick out that, that final ball. Uh, if we've been able to find that, we could have given Hogan a couple of chances and he could have stuck one away like he usually does. So a bit disappointed, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy with that. I'll take it. Uh, Dave was just saying we couldn't get any final balls in. I agree with that. Uh, I think we defended really well. Um, we came out second half a little bit better. I thought McLeod played really well when he came on. Uh, but, yeah, we just needed a final ball. I think I, don't, I didn't like Saw- uh, Sawyers too much. I think he could have uh, gone up a little bit more. I, Derby were closing down pretty well, yeah. And I think... Uh, it was, it was the final ball. we would get really well up to up to what, what, where we did Eden, and a last pass really, and then it was, wasn't there. We looked a lot better second half, um, first half and I think Colin looked a bit shaky at right back, but you know I think in the end fair result, you know we could have, you, we we could have, we had a couple of chances where we could have scored, but
4: you know coming here, the nil-nil is a good result and take it back to London and
0: on to the next game. It's one we could have taken all three points, I'm pleased with the result, um, I thought Barbe and Sawyer's had an absolutely brilliant game. Absolutely brilliant. And what was
4: interesting, our stars didn't quite turn out today, but when we've got the depth with players like that
3: behind us, we're going to go places. I'm really pumped by that game. I just think they need to get it together a little bit. Some of the problems that they were having with Pearson was that the players didn't want to play for him, and that's why that's why everything happened. Like The, the whole speculation with the players in the manager not getting on it's almost like giving your ex-girlfriend a chance another yeah. chance yeah so we'll just have to see how it goes
5: yeah I think before the game we'd all you know, we said on the way out. we'd probably settle for a draw but it was an open game end to end lots of mistakes on both teams lots of giving the ball away but we certainly had the chances to nick it particularly towards the end and I think Ed Hogan not been carrying a knock um, he would have made a few of those runs and got at the end of a couple of clerks cross come shots but yeah, you can't be disappointed, it's a point. We needed that after Saturday, we needed a fairly strong performance and, a, and we needed a result of sorts, so I think we'd take that without being too... Um, yeah, my only concern, I'm still not sure what the best team is, particularly across the midfield. Um, you know, Some of those defensive changes were in force with hardly being suspended, uh, but I think the midfield, it's kind of too many swapping ins and outs and different type of players coming on and off, and I think sometimes it's hard to see exactly what the tactics are and you you see some of the players seem to get a little bit confused with that sometimes as well.
1: So so we're still eighth place which might be two or three points maybe or four points off the playoffs it's not a bad position to be in is it? That's a good position I think it's exactly where we thought we'd be and I think it's exactly where
5: we deserve to be Um, if we can kick on and improve and uh, get a little bit more consistency and probably pick up on the away form a bit. Then you know, we're where we hope to be, really, on a, you know, around the playoffs and eighth place this part of the season. A couple of massive local derbies coming up just around the corner. You know, get through those and still be in a similar sort of position. and I think we'll be looking good for the second half
1: of the season. Newcastle derby. Brentford lost three-one to Newcastle. Got a little bit outclassed out there, as you can hear the fans were saying, but still not majorly disappointed. Then Villa. Um, not Villa we'll talk about Villa because I've got Villa on the brain talk about Derby Derby another one of those potentially big teams as well Um, went there drew nil all and a few fans were disappointed thought that we should have actually maybe nicked three points guys we just thought let's just have a little reflection as to kind of where we are now we're 12 games into the season that's 12 you know through a third just, over, just under, over a quarter of the way through not quite a third of the way through we've got a few big games coming up and I'm just wondering what, what are your thoughts what have you learned but also just let's look back at the weekend as well let's look back at Newcastle because we all had a big weekend up there a lot of Brentford fans took the, you know, the weekend away to go up there I saw some fans that some of them you know don't go to that many away games but they went to that game that was a very very big game and it was the inception maybe for a lot of people. People to actually start going to
3: away games as well. I mean, Dave, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think the last two games have shown us that we're um, a really comfortable uh, championship team um, who now uh, are capable and um we, it's within our comfort zone going to places like Derby, um, but we're not we're not quite at that level where we're um, able to go to the very best and and really push them or really, really test them. Um, I think we came through tonight uh, just about at times. I think we, we hung on in there um, now, now and again. I don't think our defending was as um, assured as it as it as it could have been, but um, you know I think that the, the conditions were, were tricky. Um, I think I think we looked assured tonight, but with a very very odd lineup. You know, I don't think anyone, including Dean Smith, would have picked this team given given a full full fitness, you know, full bill of fitness for all the all the squad. Um, Sam Saunders had a rare run out, um, uh, and then B L N we saw in the middle with Egan, which I think. We would have wanted to have seen that at some stage, just just so you know we, we could see what Bellen's capable of in in the middle in his more um, accustomed position, and he was captain tonight as well. So uh, um, yeah, and we're looking at the bench, thinking um, you know there's not really that that much strength um, in on the, on the bench today. So you know I think we've been tested as a squad the last the last 72 hours as well. I mean we tested
1: Nick, I mean your thoughts over the past two days, just just a general thoughts. I mean the Newcastle game and, and 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 the Villa game, and as to where we are at the moment you're
4: now. With Aver- I keep
1: saying Villa. I keep saying. Tell you why I said Villa is you because. because
4: Have had a drink tonight. <laughs> that's
1: true, actually. Yeah, we, we, we lined them up. We actually had one before the game, but that would do. But the Villa, actually, it's because I was watching that because they scored a last minute goal against Reading, um, which was a bit of a bit of a shocker. Because I think it was their first or maybe the second win of the season that one. But yes, it was Derby County. And sorry, Derby County fans, if you're actually listening there. Well, I'm actually calling you the Villa, but apparently you're not as big. The Villa, because Villa are the biggest team that have ever been in the Championship.
4: I think what I'm slightly, slightly disappointed actually uh, with the last two games, which is a sign of where we've how much the club has moved on in two years. Because I was disappointed that we went in Newcastle, and uh, I thought that the team didn't exactly freeze, but I thought they were a bit caught cold in the first 20 minutes of the game. Uh, and uh, when Newcastle went 2-0 up I was thinking, hey, are we in for a cricket score here? Um, Fortunately, uh, the guys got themselves back together and um, put in a better performance, uh, certainly in the second half Um, and tonight as well, again, you know that was a game that maybe we should have won Um, from all the reports that uh, you've been reading out to me it sounds like it definitely was a penalty for us Um, and I reckon if we'd got one goal we would have got more goals Um, so yeah I don't mean to sound complacent but I think it's a good sign for the club that actually those of us who have followed Brentford for years can feel just a a tiny bit of disappointment is that we weren't able to get more at least a better performance in Newcastle and weren't able to get three points out of Derby tonight The Dutchman
5: Yeah I think you guys have said it all already really you know we are very comfortable now playing at that level and you know the way we played tonight uh, it was it was a pretty even game but you know we are very very comfortable playing at most of those teams i think newcastle were the exception they're clearly you know the best team in that league they're now at the top they're going to be hard to catch um, but we've come a long long way you uh, know i met a friend tonight who's just flown from new zealand for a uh, few weeks for a wedding and he's picking up a couple of games while he's here and he used to go with me back in the day and he, you know, he can't believe how far we've come and i think perhaps when you see it every week like we do you sometimes don't notice the progress that we've made Uh, a little bit of concern about the strength of depth a couple of weeks ago the bench looked really really strong today not quite so Uh, and with Hogan limping around at the end and carrying an injury you do still worry about who would step in for him were there to anything wrong there but yeah overall um, we're an established championship side now and we're quite right to be looking at the playoffs there or thereabouts.
1: And, I mean, and I know also, I think the, folk, the coaching staff seemed quite happy because I uh, saw them after the game on Saturday and, uh, I mean, they informed us, actually, that we were two points off the playoff in eight position. because I had no idea because, again, you know, when you are in that sort of position, don't actually sort of kind of fixate yourself on the league as well. So that actually surprised me when we thought, you know, we lost 3-1 against Newcastle and they thought, you know, OK, we didn't get quite things right. We made a lot of mistakes on Saturday as well and we gave the ball away a lot. We also gave John John Shelby a lot of space Um, But we're still, you know, there or thereabouts. But it also just shows that there's a massive gulf between Newcastle, who they beat Barnsley today um, 2-0, away from home. And I've just look at the comments of the Barnsley characters who are going to come down on Saturday, and they'll probably tell us more as well. They just said, that's some side you got there. Newcastle must have actually just turned the screw and must have actually played really well against Barnsley on Saturday. And they, uh, they they know about it as well. So that's the score. So we're in the situation where, listen... We lost against Newcastle. We drew against Derby. We are where we are, but we, you know, there's still a bit of work to be done.
3: I, th- I thought actually we gave the ball away more tonight than we did against Newcastle. I thought, you know, um, obviously Derby didn't have the tools to, to punish us like Newcastle did. Um, we we gave the ball away. Way too, way too much, um, and our midfielders especially need to need to sort of protect that ball a little bit more. Um, and once or twice, Romain Sawyer's was was. Like he was like the lone man bringing the ball out. Um, You know, we we, we were under pressure at that time, and there was there was no outlet. He 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 had to run with the ball until he was tackled and lost it. Else, he had to just boost it up into the corner. That was his only other option. There was no there was no player for him to pass it to. I don't I don't like I don't like seeing that. I know. Derby were turning the screw for you know one of, of only a handful of times during the game. The other thing I, I learned on Saturday up at Newcastle was what a brilliant bunch they are. Those Jewelry fans, you know us up, up, up Beside, we like to mingle with the, the fans, um, home and away, um, and and they they are a very knowledgeable, very very welcoming, and very humble. Bunch of people, and um, you know wherever we were in the in the city, we went you know here there and everywhere in the in the pubs, and uh, all the way around the ground there was just people wanting to speak to us, and that was that you know but you don't you don't you get you get a lot of friendly fans, but you, I thought I thought as a as a whole city um, that that was that was stunning. It was
1: stunning as well, and we were, you know, we spent a lot of time with Kev, uh, who's the CEO from the Football Supporters Federation as well, who's been instrumental in, in 20s Plenty in getting the 30 pound ticket for the Premier League teams and uh, and doing so, uh, uh, doing a lot of things as well. And I'm actually going. Up to the I've got a meeting just meetings put in today. Actually, I've got a meeting with the football league in a couple of weeks' time. So we're actually, going to sit down table at the football league uh, in the beginning of November. Actually, on the same day as the as the the, the Bradford social, which is on the second of, uh, of November. Sit down with the football league and talk talk with them about a few things, a few issues that fans may have. So if anyone's got any issues that they want us to put to the football league, it'd be good if you actually kind of put them forward. But anyway, listen, go. I mean, it's interesting you talk about Newcastle. Um, a lot of people made Newcastle a weekender. They wanted either one night or two nights, or some people, like they said to you, went up for the day. There must have been some stories from Newcastle that, that, that you heard or that you
3: saw that, that you've got from that little trip. Laney? Um... Yeah, I, I as I said it, I, I thought um, I, was, I was I was just amazed by the amount of people that were out. Um, the, the city centre was was mobbed from the minute we got there, about five o'clock on Friday. And uh, as we were coming out of the ground, the whole city seemed to be out, ready to ready to uh, have another knees up again. Um, it seems to be it was almost like a party city. Uh, every, everyone dressed up to the nines and uh, ready ready for a a, a real skinful. Um, I. I think it was a grand city. I've been there a few times, but it, it does—it seems to have been scrubbed up the last decade or so. But what what I love as well is that football ground right in the heart of the city. It's not an out-of-town um, uh, spaceship like we're on here. It was—it's—it's it's, uh, it's, you know a huge. It's a colossus right in the heart of uh, of Newcastle, and I, and I think the city's. Better for it. It's almost like the football club and the people and the and the city of Newcastle just can't be can't be separated. It's it's uh, 140 odd steps up from from the ter- from the turnstiles up to the top of the terracing. Again, that's not for the faint hearted either. And you know the only thing I would say is the atmosphere within um, St James's Park it was a little bit again a little bit muted because it's just so big.
4: Nick, yeah, I mean. I, I, I vouch for everything that everybody said. I mean, I've got uh, family that come from the northeast, so uh, I've seen Newcastle and uh, change in the, over the last, blimey, fifty years. You, you uh, went a bit posh at the weekend, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did indeed, because um, you know I've got uh, family who live in, in Tyneside. I also, uh, I also didn't feel f- feel too good on the Saturday night, which may have been down, to, may have been down to the three-one. May have been down to the effect also of the pre-match drinking uh, with prices, northern prices to match in really good pubs. Um, that doesn't help, but no, it wasn't. It was a virus of, of some type. Uh, but what I would, I want to echo Dave's point about it being a place in the city centre. And it's if you make football uh, a, a destination um, and make it a game that people want to come to, we and provide a friendly atmosphere it really does change the face of the football culture uh, for the better and i think it's actually something that um clubs who are lacking with the out-of-town stadiums they're never going to recreate it any clubs that are looking at redeveloping their stadiums need to work out how they can you know not losing the vibe but how they can get round um get Encourage the businesses around the football club to join in and support, um, and make sure that people will want to come and watch a game at three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon.
1: More to the point, it? I mean, you, you went out for the weekend, and a lot of us went out pubs and bars. What, but what did you do Saturday night?
4: Uh, I went, I went to bed at six o'clock. You
1: went to bed. I went to bed. I thought you were going to the
4: theatre. No, 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 no. I, no, my, 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 uh, my wife. Who uh, doesn't come to the games? But she came to this way weekend. Greatly enjoyed the cultural delights of the Baltic Centre in Newcastle, which apparently is highly recommended. But I'm afraid to say I was in bed alone. I hasten to add at 6 p.m. on Saturday night. Is that not the Irish Centre, <laughs> Nick? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. It's bawling in the it Irish. The, only, the, the Irish Centre. I'm not quite certain what the Irish Centre was doing in Newcastle. In such, it's a huge centre as well. I never realised there was such a huge Irish population.
1: Three floors, three floors of three floors in the Irish Centre. One floor dedicated to the Celtic fans, and two, one floor to the Newcastle fans, and one floor dedicated to the Brentford fans.
4: Which reminds me, Billy, did we ever find out what the uh, Republic of Ireland and the Celtic fans were doing, and uh, the Celtic fans wearing the tops were doing in the Brentford end?
1: Uh, 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 I don't know. Actually, I didn't, didn't ask them. I was just too busy, sort of singing and stuff like that. No, you know?
4: no, no I just—it was interesting. It was interesting because I've never seen, I haven't seen Celtic tops down at Brentford. Uh, down in the Brentford home end since we last played Celtic at home.
1: Yeah, I mean, there, there was a large contingent of Scots. So there's about 40 of them that come down from Scotland to watch Brentford play. I don't know if you knew that.
4: Yeah, yeah, no, it, was, it wasn't the full Bees. and it wasn't it wasn't that lot. I I didn't recognise them. I just wondered whether you knew, but obviously. Not.
1: Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do a bit of reconnaissance and find out you know and, uh, for, and for myself yeah two nights in newcastle um good good to do two nights um by the end of the second night you you're absolutely you know knackered it has to be said and uh, I, I suppose my one one experience of newcastle was uh um I stayed in the hotel the first night but i decided to stay the second night um at the very last minute so i bought a last minute train ticket with that special deal which some of you might have heard about it's a 15 quid deal so i got a special train ticket flogged me the other ticket as well, and then I am, um, and then I had an issue, I had a slight issue because I had no hotel to stay in, so I got the old uh, Airbnb. I got the Airbnb, and I turned up in Gateshead the second night with, my suit- with the second morning, with the suitcase, and I walked up, and I knocked on the door, and the geezer opened the door in his dressing gown with a fag in his mouth, staying in someone's house, and he said, "Hey, it's someone in a red and white shirt here. You're staying in the wrong place." I can't do the accent. I was like, "Oh no." and he basically yeah, man, you're, in <laughs> you're in the wrong shirt I thought oh Jesus like you know but Kevin good guy who's there he goes oh, I got absolutely hammered last night I'll show you to your room so basically he took me next door to his garage and basically, I slept in Kevin's garage on the Saturday night. <laughs> it, was a, it was quite a bizarre experience, but it was all cool because Kevin's a nice guy, and he'd actually converted his garage, so it was actually quite a decent garage that I slept in. And I uh, put my bag down, quickly went out, was out for the whole day and the whole of the night, jumping around to all sorts of stuff in that. Um Indie bar right beside the station as well, with a lot of the Bees lads, had a really good laugh. And then the next morning, I came into Han McKee again, and his wife turned up this time in her dressing gown about 11 o'clock. She goes, Oh, got absolutely hammered last night again. Oh, cheers, love, see you later. And so, as I said to you, it's amazing. The people in Newcastle, the both of them must be about at least about 70, they were about every single night, it looks like, getting absolutely hammered, um, converting their garage so that people could stay and give them tups of tea and chat to them. And I just thought that really sums up Newcastle for them because they were so friendly and so. Warm,
3: and I did have a average good time. So there'd be a little, there'd be one of those blue plaques on that garage one day saying Billy Grant stayed here for one night. That's right. It'd be like a blue plate that they wrote
1: <laughs> on, like you know, with sort of kind of sort of black felt tip, like you
3: know. One
5: night, <laughs> you mean about two hours? To be honest
1: with you. <laughs> 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 That's right. They, they they sort of timed it. They can tell by the amount of electricity that I used, like you so know. Was
3: Ke- Kevin's garage as
1: well? Kevin no Kevin wasn't in his garage. Kevin was a- above the garage. He's in the bedroom above oh, me. Oh right, okay. That's yeah. fine, Honestly, that's the truth. Right. Yeah, that's right. But anyway, that was good to Newcastle. And, that, and like I said to you, it was every, like Saturday night was 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 like I said was quite lively. I've been to Newcastle about ten times, and uh, I completely forgot what 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 a city that is. Anyway, but listen, like I said to you, Brentford. Um, looking forward to, but we're looking forward to the games at the weekend as well because it's Brentford's four thousandth league match. Uh, which is a lot of league matches to have played. And considering that the club was uh, invented back in the last century or the century before the last century even, that's a lot of games. And we just thought to ourselves, maybe we should actually... 1889. 1889, that's idea. right. Well, that's not last century. It's a century before that even. So there's a, yeah. couple, a couple of centuries ago.
4: Mm. Mm. You know your centuries.
1: Yes, we know our centuries indeed. So we're going to maybe discuss that Barnsley game and talk about those games and maybe have a little look back at a few of those uh very important, beast games, over the past couple of centuries, shall we?
3: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So, big match on Saturday, and we've got Barnsley coming down to Griffin Park for the first time in a few years now. I remember the last time we played Barnsley, actually. Uh, I remember actually going across to Old Trafford from Barnsley, because England were playing on the same day. But anyway, Barnsley, new to the championship in the past few years, and uh, they've been getting on all right. So we've been scrabbling around, trying to find as much information out about Barnsley as possible, but we've got no knowledge whatsoever, so instead we thought we'd go over to Carlo from Red All Over. That's the big Barnsley radio show, because he knows everything about Barnsley. Carlo, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, mate. How's are you? I'm not too bad, mate. Not too bad. I'm recovering from my trip to Derby County. Went up to Derby County on Tuesday night, and it was a bit of a late night for us as we all got back at 1, 12, 1, 1 2 o'clock in the morning, you know, after a nil snore draw, as it was. was like, you know, But you had a bit of a different game as well. But, I mean, we'll talk about that in a minute. Barnsley, yep. you seem to be enjoying the Championship. You know, how's it been for you so far?
0: Yeah, it's been uh, so far. I mean, we're only, you know, a few games in. It's been up and down. We, um, you know, we made a, a surge in League One last year after sort of Christmas being rock-bottom and made it through the playoffs. And um, started well, got lost on the opening day, but sort of recovered. And at one point, I found, found myself in the third place. Um, but uh, it's a different story now. Last six matches at one point, which is just not good enough, really. Um, We're in 14th at the moment. And um, I think all the positivity we had going into the championship gets you so far. Team Spirit gets you so far, but you're coming up against... Some really really talented teams and some you know international players and um, it's almost like we have been found out in a way of you know the way we play and um, yeah it's it's becoming harder so uh, I suppose for Saturday uh, going to Brentford um, and obviously you're doing extremely well um, and it's a difficult place to go and get anything so it's uh, it's not something I'm looking forward to especially after the run of results that we've had including the the two 0 loss at um, against Newcastle on Tuesday night.
1: Well, that's interesting because, I mean, we draw a few parallels with you because when we saw you doing really well, it kind of reminded us how we had our first season in the championship. And um, do you remember, obviously, when you came in, everyone said to you, oh, championship, was oh, really tough, you know, you're, and they put you down as immediate relegation sort of favourites, you know. I mean, that's always going to happen, you know. But did you yeah. find the championship actually sort of, or are you finding it probably slightly easier than you thought it would be? Even though, I know you say you're in 14th and you had not a great run, but... Were you really daunted by it? And
0: are you thinking, actually, it's not as bad as we thought? No, I mean, obviously, we've been out for it a couple of seasons in League One. I think since the start of the Championship, um, I think Barnsley are still sort of like, historically, the team that's spent the longest time in the second tier of, of, of English football. Um, I think the problem will always be the QPRs, the Newcastles, the Aston Villas, with huge parachute payments. And, and when you look at you look well... On Tuesday night, when you've got Paul Heckingbottom as Barnsley head coach, who's a Barnsley lad through and through, played for the club, lives, lives in the town, went to college in the town, and in the other dugout, what, Refa Benitez. And I think that, that says a lot about a lot of like the championship at this moment in time, where the amount of money, um, and I think we've had to really compete, and our managers consistently said that we've, we've got the hunger... And, and team spirit and that has to get us so far. We will come up against some brilliant players, which we did yesterday on Tuesday night against Bly That was just, you know, two slick ups in his scores. So, um, it's, it's not that we sort of like have it in headlights. But I think the the the, the, the between League One and the Championship that has got bigger. I think over the past few seasons, definitely, definitely. Yeah,
1: that's interesting you say that as well. And I'm just interested because obviously, like I said, you played 12 games this season. You were top of the division as well, and you were doing really well. Still doing all right, to be quite honest Because mid-table, mate, that's no, that's that's nothing to 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 shirk about at all. But
0: who's impressed you so far this season? Um, what of the teams that we've played so far? Yeah um well we played fulham on saturday um it was two two a half time and we lost 4-2 and fulham um one of the most organized sides i've seen so far this season in they were um they've done the homework and we couldn't cope with the short passing and they were very very disciplined newcastle yesterday uh New, newcastle you know very very good team but to be fair um, you know, we, we matched them two two literally small lapses of concentration from one defender that that like by through twice. And um who else have we been impressed with so far? Uh no, for me it's probably um not no, not Mozilla. no, I think yeah, Fulham and Newcastle really. I think those have been the two teams that for me will be dearly there dead there about and Brighton, sorry, Brighton as well. OK, yeah, it's
1: interesting. We haven't played Fulham, we're playing them in a few weeks' time, but you're not really meant to mention Fulham in our, in, you know, when you're around Brentford. That's a swear word, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, Brighton, um, <laughs> but, 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 we, we played them about a month ago as well and we, uh, we, we beat them on their own turf and sort of played them off the park, particularly in the second half, which they weren't particularly happy with because they had a massive fire draw where about 5,000 of them left about 10 minutes before the end of play. But Newcastle, interesting, we were there on Saturday and they... They gave us a bit of a, not a bit of a high, they, they beat us, you know, good and proper on Saturday and we thought Newcastle were actually a very, very good team. We've been in this league for, what, well, it's our third season now and Newcastle, on that showing, looked like probably the best team we've seen across the three seasons. That's love. Like, no, Borough and Watford and even Bournemouth and everyone like that. Newcastle look like they're notching it up at a couple of gears and they're looking good. But also, what we liked is um, we went to that that town and the, the fans were just brilliant. They're so friendly. They're, so, they're just, such a laugh. We had such a brilliant laugh up there. And they came down to you as well. And from what I can gather, it's a Tuesday night and they were in town from 10 o'clock in the morning. Is that right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I work in the town. I was in our local, which is very much near the stadium. It is sort of like home, home supporters only um we ended up having quite a few uh, Newcastle supporters drinking with us and talking with us because they weren't it, it, it was sort of like a family occasion. Lots of them with young kids, um very you know, very open, very honest, good conversation about the football. They like Barnsley as a town because I, th- I think in very you know Newcastle is very famous for for the football, you know, and, and maybe yeah. the new keep down beer on a Saturday night when you're away. Um, and, and Barnsley at the moment, oh, we've got to hold on to up here in, in the, this northern powerhouse that we've got is, is our football because there's not much else happening in Barnsley. And, and football is very important to the town. So, um, yeah, it, 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 it was a very good atmosphere. And, and, and football. The result wasn't right for us. The football was the winner because we had nearly twenty thousand people inside Oakwell, and it, it, you know it was a, it was a very nice Tuesday evening to be had. It's just again, thinking about the result really. But I think Newcastle, without a doubt, will be there or thereabouts. I will tip them now for automatic promotion because they're so organised and they're strengthened. Their bench was worth more yesterday than our entire first eleven on the pitch, and I think that says a lot to start with, doesn't it? Yeah, no, yeah,
1: hundred percent. They say that, but. Just interesting, I mean, obviously you've got game and you had Newcastle game on Saturday, um, and as football fans will say, and anyone will say, there is no player who should be bigger than the team. Obviously, no. Adam Hamill, he threw his toys out the pram after being subbed
0: against Newcastle, yeah. didn't he? I mean, what was that all about? Um, well, I don't know, he, sort of, he apologised on Instagram straight after, which we looked at, and, and, and he said he was more, um, he, he was more upset with the fact that um, the, the, the referee had just been given a foul against him, so we had a free kick, and that, that's when he was subbed. And he felt that the referee had not, pre- not protected him, but not been fair throughout the match. And he says it wasn't about the substitution. He was more frustrated with the decisions that didn't go Barnsley's way. Um, but looking between the lines and knowing Adam Amel, this is his second spell with the club. And, um, and uh, to be fair, over the last few weeks, he's not, he's not been as effective as he can be. And I think yesterday, everybody was really up for it. And I think it was his time to shine to show what he's capable of. And it just didn't work out for him. And and Newcastle had done their own work. He was marked out of the match by two men every single time. And I think there was some frustration there about not being able to go forward and, and, you know, go around two or three players like he normally does. Yeah, no, no, I hear that and hear that. So listen, Saturday, you've got a trip to the mighty, mighty Brentford. Okay, and obviously
1: you must be looking forward to it. Great place if you do your research or if you check the uk which is our website. There'll be an article up there probably tomorrow or the day after with Westside Box guys as well. They're going to talk to us about a few things. And they'll give. There'll be a little pub guide. So if you want to go to pubs in Brimford, they're very, very early. Well, there's loads and loads of pubs and they're all really friendly and they're all open to White fans. you will have a right good laugh down there. But I'm just wondering, you know, you guys, you know, you're coming down there. You had a, you've had a reverse against Newcastle. Do you think you're going to come down and cause a few problems? And if you will...
0: Who should we be looking out for? Um, two years ago, um, when or two years ago, just, yeah, two years ago when Lee Johnson became manager, uh, the, the club's owner Patrick Kane was at Barnley, more born red, um Wanted a, a, a specific DNA for the club, which is a club that plays 4-4-2 with pace throughout the team, and uh, you know, with wingers and two strikers. And, and he started buying the players to fulfil that sort of ambition. Um, Adam Hamill fits that description, so you've got Adam Hamill on one wing, and you've got Ryan Kent, who um, is unknown from Liverpool on the other side. Very similar, very fast, very tricky. Conor Hohen is was our Player of the Year last year. Um, Conor in midfield uh, is, is proved to be a, becoming a, a bit of a legend um, and a, a firm fan's favourite. Um, Conor directs, and most of the attacks and most of the goals come from Anthony. Normally, start with Connor either scoring or, or, or directing that ball. He's sort of like our general in midfield. We've got at the moment, really, is up front. We've got four sort of recognised strikers, but I think Paul Hackingbottom, coach, is still looking for his favourite two. Last two matches, he started with Sam Winall and Marley Watkins, who scored, ball scored either two or three goals now. Um, but yesterday, again, at one point, they were both replaced. Um, obviously we've got Adam Armstrong on loan from Newcastle who couldn't play on Tuesday so my reckoning is he might get a run out um, so to look out for I would say Mark Roberts at the back because he'll take a throw in from the byline that will end up in, your, uh, in, in, in the goal area uh, Conor Horan in the middle and if he plays Adam Armstrong up front those are the three that I think uh, Brentford will probably keep an eye on
1: OK, and just quickly to the Barnsley fans out there, the players to look out for. I Me, mean, you look out for all the Beast players because they're all brilliant. But, you know, uh, Bentley, who we bought from South Bend in the close season as well, absolutely brilliant keeper. To go for from Button, who went to Fulham, who you played a couple of weeks ago as well, who tried to hold out for more money. And we said, see you later, mate. So we bought a new goalkeeper instead. So he had to leave. But Bentley, absolutely fantastic keeper. Uh, and then in defence as well. We're, we're a lot tighter in defence than we have been in the last couple of seasons. So across the whole defence, from Colin on the right-hand side, classy left uh, right-back. Like, you know, we've got um, we're probably a far on the left who's a, is a good uh, left-back, even though that's not necessarily his position. And we're going to have probably Dean and Egan in the middle as well. Great guys as well. And then just in front of them is Ryan Woods. You'll see him. Ginger hair. He's the absolute midfield general. Got him from Shrewsbury. You've probably played against him a couple of seasons ago. Absolutely brilliant, Ryan Woods. And he'll be dictating that game. And obviously up front as well, we've got... I mean, there's more players to talk about. You know, we talk about Sawyers and all these other people as well that we've got out there who are tricky and McLeod. But... Scott Hogan, who's the goal machine, yeah. was out for two years with his... Uh, he, he had his... Um, his that they they're broken, he had, he had a very, very bad injury and he's out for two seasons. We thought he'd never come back. When he come back, we never thought he'd be a goal scorer. He'd, never play, you know, he'd only played half a game for Brentford, but he came back and he started backing the goals in and he is still banging the goals in and he's very, very good. And, uh, you know, we're a small team and, uh, to be honest, we're going to be very lucky to hold on with him until the end of the season, to be quite honest with you. You know, at the end of the season, in the summer, because he's very good and, uh, you know, I'm sure a Premier League team will snap him up, but hopefully we'll hold on to him and uh, he'll be causing damage against you
0: and other teams. Um, um, yeah, I, um, I, I, I looked up I did a little bit of research for our radio show and, um, yeah, Scott Hogan spent some time under Keith Hill, didn't he, at Rochdale? Keith Hill was a Rochdale manager. They went to Barnsley, got sacked, they went back to Rochdale and we've played him a couple of times and I know Scott Hogan done causes problems, so... Uh, yeah, I think on Saturday that will be uh, that will be the same. Thing. And you've got a very young squad as well, haven't you? And yeah, I think yeah. you'll find um, the oldest player we've got, if you play, if, if Hamill plays after throwing a steady out of the uh, out of the cough, uh, Hamill is twenty seven. He's ha- he's our oldest player that we've got at the moment. So it is a very young squad. So um, yeah, it'd be interesting because I think. Um, for those, but you know, we need the three points to get back to winning ways because one point, as you, were, one point from six matches, is not the sort of form that keeps you in the championship, is it? It isn't, but then
1: you never know because there are some terrible teams out there. <laughs>
0: well, I'd, but listen, I'd only be six miles away, but at least we're not one them. Hey, man, listen, let's not talk about
1: that, you know. Um, and I'll say this as well: I'm very, and one of our podcasts, the people listen to our podcast week in, week out. Um, one of our the Falkirk we've got the Falkirk guys we've got a Falkirk branch of the Brentford crew that we're very very friendly with and we saw them all up in Scotland uh, not Scotland in Newcastle on Saturday they brought about 20 of them down really good set of guys and they said to me when Stubbs got um, the manager they sort of messaged me and said to me Stubbs mate you know they're all going on about him but up here he's an absolute bluffer he got away with murder at Hibs. He should have got Hibs bigger than when they were. Yes, he got them to the cup final, um, but he really should have actually delivered something. And I cannot see him lasting till Christmas. And they predicted it. And he said today, "I
0: told you he won't last till Christmas." So uh, they're in a bit of a predicament, the old Rotherham's lot, aren't they? Yeah, they are. But you know, we've got we've got a few guys up in Glasgow, and they call themselves um, it's it, it, a supporters group of bands called the Addersley Reds. And he is the addersley Ratch Scottish bunch, and they often come down. And he comes on his order in the minivan with some of the Scottish lads. So we're not we're not that far off, are we? You know, you are no. down in the south, we're up in the north, but fans all over the place. I just hope it's it's going to be a really good match. Of course, I want Barnsley to come away with three points and get our sort of season, you know, kick started again. But if anything, yeah, no, looking forward to a to a good match, and um, it's uh, you know Brentford, and it, it's it's one of those games for, for us. That um, I, I, I can see us losing because we tend to play better against the big teams that we give that extra 5-10%. And I think panic is setting in a little bit as they're not picking up anything. And I think the manager is losing patience with one of two players who are just you know, not, not performing as he expected them to. So it will be interesting.
1: Okay, well, uh, we almost feel honoured that you call us a big team, actually, because everyone else is calling us Tinpot and pub side So uh, thank you very much, Banzi. But just last thing I'm to say to you: score prediction.
0: Um, I'm going for a 2-1 Brentford win, and that's me being realistic. I forecasted the the, the results both against Fulham and against Newcastle, but I'm going. uh, You're going to take advantage of our low confidence and and being at home. uh, Yeah, you're going to have the advantage, and you're going to you're going to take the three points. Okay,
1: and that's, I'm pretty sure I'm two one. I'm I'm in that top two one zone. I sort of said two tall, then two two one zone. I think you guys will score because you like like knocking the ball in the back of there. But you'll have to get breach our our defence, which is, is quite confident at the moment. But listen, Carlo, listen Wicked, great chatting to you. Like I said, to all your boys out there and girls out there as well. well. Check out Besotted.co.uk. There'll be a pub guide on there on the article with the West End box characters probably up on Friday. Check it out, you'll know exactly where to go. Get to Brentford early and just do them all. Do all the pubs all over the place. We drink in one pub, which is the Globe, which is a a wicked little vibe down there as well. But there's 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 loads of places. There's like you know probably 15 plus pubs to go to as well. But listen, great chatting to you, and maybe I might see you at the weekend. We'll chat the weekend or whatever like that, and we'll see how we go on.
0: Absolutely fantastic,
1: nice one. All right, cheers mate. So Saturday, Brentford play Barnsley. We haven't played them for a while. They used to be right up there and used to be down there. But now we're even, Stevens We're in the same league. As we say, it's our 4,000th Brentford League match. It's a lot of games for us to play. It's a big celebration. So they're going to be doing all sorts of stuff down at Griffin Park on Saturday. So what I'll say to you, first of all, come down there. Make sure you're down there. Make sure you bring your mates. If you're a season ticket holder pretty sure you can get tickets for £10 still just go on the website, buy them before Friday and you can get them, bring your mates down, have a laugh get down the pubs beforehand and have a good old drink up, we'll be down there, I'm actually not driving on Saturday, I'm going to be jumping on the train and making sure that I have a bit of a celebration but like I said 4,000 games that Brentford have been playing I'm going to ask you guys how many games do you think out of those 4,000 you've been to, Laney
3: before I tell you that when you said, I'm not bringing the car on Saturday, that normally means one thing. And it being the 4,000th game, you're, I reckon you're going to try a pint for every game. So I reckon you should be. You could be up there for the 4,000 beers on Saturday, mate. Um, how many have I been to? Right, so I started late 70s, 70, 77, 78, where I didn't go to many because I was a tiny, tiny kid. Um, and then, obviously, it grew as my pottiness grew. So I reckon, in that time, I've averaged twenty-five to thirty games per season. More recently, obviously, so I reckon I reckon a thousand, which is a quarter, probably a quarter of all Brentford games ever. Which I think is. Sounds ridiculous, but um, it doesn't sound possible. I don't feel like I'm that old, but um, and you, you think you think that someone like Kev O'Connor, who's, who's actually played in 500 matches, so you realise, you know what a, what a monumental achievement that is for people like him and Jamie Bates and Ken Koo and um, Pete Gelson and play, play, other players that have played a colossal amount of games that I, I, I've forgotten, and I, I apologise, but. Um, yeah, and, and I and I know that there's Brentford fans who I I travel up and down and 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 I see week in week out who've done way more than that, and there's there's some there's some older fans there that are probably in their 70s that are, are, are going week in week out. They've probably done 1500 games, which is you know it is serious serious commitment, and you realise what kind of Personal sacrifices—I know "sacrifices" is the wrong word, maybe—but so so much of their time, effort, and passion is, is put into following the club. Um, and uh, I know I think I'm, I'm just so happy that we're celebrating this landmark um, at a decent level because a lot of those 4,000 games have been in some really, really divisions against some really poor opposition at least are at least we're sort of up there and uh, you know the next the next hundred hopefully the next thousand games will be uh,
4: pushing for the Premier League liberal Nick uh, I, I I went first went in 1972 um, and for the next 10 years went to not all the home games but a number of them um, Then the middle 80s to the mid 90s was a sort of lost decade for me uh, because I lived away and did other things and um, yeah I can't remember what I did actually so it was that good a time Um, but I wasn't unfortunately didn't see much of Brentford and then when I came back uh, I sort of slowly geared myself back up again I've just been mentally tottering while trying to keep my eye on the speed limit I reckon I'm probably 600, 700 games, which in comparison with most people who know about Brentford is nothing so, you know, that's why you should never take my words that I speak on this podcast with any uh, semblance of uh, order you know.
1: The Dutchman
5: It's a big number, isn't it? I'm um, I first went with my dad early 70s and haven't really missed that many home matches since and doing the maths that's sort of 45 seasons of same as Laney doing 25-30 games I mean it's, it's 1200 games you know league games that's without the cup and that's, that's with seasons where I've done every home and away game bar one or two and mixtures of them so yeah 12-1300 which you say sounds that can't be right but I guess if I've been going for 45 years and the club's been going for 125-126 you know, I've been going for a third of its life you know, so it's it's a massive part of all our life, isn't it? I mean, that's the thing I'd say about it. We've all been to this many games, and probably work out how many we've done together, and how many we've been to as friends, and how many beers we've had. It's just a, you know, a massively important part of my life, of my friends' life, and that's why that's why we're here at midnight, driving
1: home from Derby. Flying in our rockets, please, Rying if you don't want. Pod on the way back from where <laughs>
5: wherever we've really pretended we've gone to, um, you know, and that's why we're still here. Three days after
4: we have just done a, an away weekend, so yeah that's that's why we're bees well the really frightening thing of course is if you toss up how much money we've spent on travel beers and every tickets and all that uh, hotels and what have you uh, planes trains automobiles um god you know we'd be uh we wouldn't be sitting in a pod now we'd be sitting in our own personal helicopter i reckon if we'd saved the money
1: indeed and then for myself as well and I'm working out the same thing I mean I've started a little later than you guys I started sort of a late 70s but I hit the ground running because I sort of ended up sort of when I first went to Brentford I sort of started hanging around with the characters there sort of at the back lots of singing lots of dancing lots of doing all sorts of stuff and uh, started to go to a lot of away games quite quite early on so I used to do quite a lot of games this season from from kind of late 70s early 80s all the way through even when i went to uni when i was down in brighton exactly where the the where the brighton ground is now i used to actually hitchhike from there used to start off come outside the uni outside where the brighton ground is hitchhike i used to hitchhike to games i I remember i hitchhiked to swansea one time and i think it started snowing so i had to stop i remember hitchhiking to newport from down there as well which is quite mad so there's quite a lot of memories of uh different league matches i went to like hitchhiker to newport and there's one extra one man too many so I uh, he ended up getting out of the car and going in the boot and he actually uh, drove down the motorway for about 100 miles in the boot so that they could accommodate me in the car which was quite a, a bizarre experience and uh, i remember hitchhiking to burnley as well one time i hitchhiked all the way from brighton when i lived there all the way up to burnley and we left on the friday and uh, it was great stayed at my mate's house overnight and then we st- Still, actually, it was late. We didn't get to the match until half halftime, anyway. So uh, it's quite typical of uh, this experience. But yeah lots and lots of last and worked it out again, roughly like the Dutchman and the Laney, I'm, I'm on about a thousand games, which again is about a quarter of the Bees matches, which doesn't seem to always make sense, but um, I suppose when you start going to, you know hitting a lot of the games of the season, when you start hitting sort of 30, 35, 40 games of the season then uh, then it starts to pick up but like I say it's a lot of games, a lot of very, very good experiences as well, and, and for me, I mean I'm going to ask you as well Laney, I mean a thousand games is a lot of games to go to, but what one game for you? You know, and it doesn't have to be the biggest game or a promotion game. It's something that was very, very memorable out of them four thousand games.
3: I don't think, I don't think that that day in Peterborough is really going to get top for me. I, I, I think it was it's, it was so special, and it was just the unexpected. Uh, you know the unexpected way that a good day ended up being a, a, a ridiculously brilliant day, and it almost the, a day that never ended as well. Because we went back to Griffin Park when the players came out, and it felt like as every single person that was at Peterborough was back at Griffin Park, and um, we just I just we just parted literally all night, um, and we went from Griffin Park to a house party, and it was it was messy, and um, then we sort of went back to we felt like we were. Back at the ground again the next day, and you know, then there was pra- um, parades, and I, I you know, it, it was only getting back up to this the level we're at now, but it, it felt, um, it, it felt like I waited for that moment for my for my whole Brentford support in life, and I, I don't think that will be topped. Fulham, Fulham away, that was that's up there. Liverpool away, bridge, it, Fulham away, full of the four-one away um, when you know when when um, Yotta Scored and um, Dallas got a couple and Judge scored that amazing free kick. Um, There's been it's been I mean I I could talk for hours about great games. Maybe. We, maybe maybe we ought to talk about that next week. Just everyone everyone around just listing some great games and uh, you know. Just on, you know, I'll be very proud to be a B on Saturday.
1: Very proud to be a B. And you talk about next week's podcast as well. We're going to be coming to you proper because there's the pre QPR podcast. Obviously, it's a big game, and we're going to be having um, the Finny from the QPR podcast is actually going to be live on the podcast as well. So we're going to have a QPR infiltrator in on the podcast as well, giving us his view. And we'll be sort of poking him and sort of beating him with sticks and all sorts of stuff and chasing around the pub and making him buy lots of drinks, um, as you do. Because we said to him that we had no drinks the week before because we had to do it in a spaceship flying around the so Earth in gonna, orbit. We're going to bully him instead of the Liberal next week. No, maybe just both of them anyway. And talk about the Liberal. So, Liberal, your your biggest game okay. out of that okay. 800 that you've been to. I'm going to
4: be really perverse about this and say, actually, that the one game I really remember, it wasn't actually League, it was the Cup game.
1: Can't talk about it. And then, yeah, you talk, go, go talk about it. It
4: was Barrow. It was Barrow away. The game, Cup game we lost because... That was the lowest of the low points for me as a Brentford fan, and ever since then it's been a roller coaster ride. And I actually thought to myself, uh, I was working out going up on Saturday, which was further north, Barrow or Newcastle, because when I saw left Barrow on that Friday night, miserable, wet, cold, damp Friday night. Leaving Barrow, thinking could Brentford ever get any lower, and then on Saturday to turn up at St James's Park in that magnificent temple to football and watch my team play out—that's a pretty long contrast. The Dutchman, yeah. Some
5: of the silly ones that stand out. Um, you know, it depends why you've gone there and the reasons for it. You know, the, the obvious big games, um, Peterborough, Darlington. golf, very fond memories of the Darlington trip where we won the league there. Um, Cambridge, all all the the biggies in the league but yeah, just the odd silly one I remember winning 3-0 away at Blackpool once for no reason at all just because you had such a cracking weekend
1: What about the biggest one for you Dutch? The biggest one, the biggest one
5: Fulham at home um, the week before the Peterborough game where we were up after about half time and we we all knew we were going up I think and um, just in terms of who we were playing the, the mad weekend we had around that game and I think that was probably the biggest one for me
1: and for for me I mean I liked um, Peterborough again and I've talked about Laney and we talk about Peterborough just quickly the reason why Peterborough was so big a member at the time is because we kind of never really did anything before then Brentford weren't even a nearly team we just kind of didn't do anything and there were those two big games which obviously Liverpool, Liverpool in the Cup which was a big game but before that I think Blackburn in the cup I mean I'm not really allowed to mention too but you've got to mention that Blackburn of the cup because that was the first time that we'd actually kind of really done something we beat a big team and we put them out the cup and we were in the headlines and on the news and it was a cup run and it was a you know fifth round of the cup or whatever it was at the time and it was just brilliant and I just remembered everyone was absolutely potty for it because it's just it was kind of different then because you didn't expect it and when you're sort of a nothing team and then you do something like that it was brilliant so Blackburn was fantastic Um, but the the one day that I actually still really do remember and I I said I love Peterborough and that was just the best because it came out of nowhere but maybe it's just being a little bit older and organising your own things was Cambridge away the the day the Cambridge away was almost like the perfect away day Everything about that was brilliant. We, we were going up there. Everyone was in a grid mood. Everyone thought there was going to be a good laugh. We were going to Cambridge, so everyone dressed up in sort of kind of Cambridge, sort of straw hats and sort of, you know, blazers and ties and stuff. We got up there early. We got to the pub by the, you know, by the river. There was all sorts of punts going by us and the Brentford team came out of the hotel. We, we didn't know that and they walked past the hotel, so we went over to them. We chatted to the Brentford team who were, you know, who, who were there, which was, which, which was great and chatted to them and it was a lovely sunny day and everyone was in a fantastic mood then we got there and a Wusu scored the goal and we won and people on the pitch and you know invasions and everything like that and then we I did my coach and then we went back on the coach to somewhere else and then afterwards we went back to some, the Nelson I think and that was just the ultimately brilliant day out I think it was It just kind of everything like that worked out and um, I know the Darlington going up was, was was all right. It was kind of cool, but I just think that you know, there's always a moment in time, and it it's always depends on what age you are as well. I suppose when these things
3: happen, and i feel just thought, you know, that was that was great. Yeah, I, you know, I, I really do think we need to dedicate a, a, a kind of a whole pod to. He um, hasn't got to be next week, but uh, just to listing. All the all the great games you remember and, and why? Because you know, there, there's this countless, this countless ones. We can there's a lots a lot that we want to forget too, though. That's know, not that's a, say, <laughs>
1: and, and the worst and the worst games as well. The, the, maybe people with the best experiences, their worst experiences at Brentford, like you know. Yeah,
3: we'll we're, we we're, we're run a series of polls um, for the rest of the week. We'll have, we'll ask a few questions so people can uh, you know have their input into this because you know it's the, out of those four thousand. Let's not forget that you know um, we 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 share this Brentford uh, addiction together um, we're all in this one and all so uh, you know um, we, we, let, let's uh, let's get some input from you guys so listen
1: Brentford play Barnsley on Saturday 4000th game get yourself down there get some cheap tickets I think there are 10 reach each if you've got season tickets get your mates down there as well should be a laugh but before we go that like I said to you Barnsley they're a bit sort of hot Barnsley, they score a lot of goals. I mean, they didn't score any goals today because they played Newcastle and Newcastle are looking to just turn the screw and be too good for this league. But Barnsley are obviously going to come down to Griffin Park on Saturday and see if they can uh, enact a little bit of revenge on the bees. So, is it going to be Fortress Griffin Park? I'm going to ask you, Laney, what do you reckon we're going to do in the score prediction? Uh,
3: Barnsley are a pretty good team, Um, From what I've seen so far, they've they've lost a couple um, over the the weekend. Um, They play play good attacking football. They're going to test us. Um, There's going to be goals. I am going to go for a two-all draw.
1: The Dutchman?
5: Yeah, I think a a home game is just what we need. Um, I'm perhaps not quite so enthusiastic about the goals after the Wigan game and the sort of flat feeling after that. But I still think we're... um, we're good enough to beat most teams there and I think Barnsley the psychological it's not the with no disrespect but it's not the big team uh, you know hoodoo that we face I think we will win 2-1
1: and
4: the Liberal uh, I accord pretty much with everything that Dutch said uh, I think 2-1 victory um, and it would be good to see um, yeah it would be good to see somebody other than, other than Hogan um, or yeah or Egan knocking in a goal
1: and for myself, I think it's going to be two-all. Oh, it's not going to be two-all. It's going to be two-one to the bees, actually. Um, but I'm just—you've got to be careful about Barnsley knocking the goals in. But I think you know, probably Dean will be back at the weekend. I'm not saying anything about Bln, but he's going to come back. You know, he's going to be absolutely potty for it and he's not going to want to let in one goal, um, never mind any goals at all.
3: And the old score predictions, Bill, um, was anyone right with the weekend score, the 3-1? I think you um, yeah. ought to listen back. because
1: Yeah, yeah I, I think Kevin Miles actually pointed uh, that out that, uh, um, uh, uh, Kevin, Kevin Miles pointed that out in the post-match broadcast that uh, he said that one of the Brentford lads and I, said, I think it might have been Laney, yes. actually got the score uh, spot on, which is fair play to you Laney, so uh, you got a, a score spot on, just like I did a few weeks ago Although, yeah, ever I ever ever
3: ever 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 well I thought we were gonna have to get the old um the old forensics on that one as well, No. But like they've still got the tapes have they for, for Nick.
1: That's yes, why well, we're getting the forensic tapes for Nick who claims that he never actually don't wanted Dean Smith Red out. Star. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, just give it a few weeks, we might make that the, the don't Christmas. Start or
4: else you're getting out. That's,
1: the, out the, 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 boat, that's the Christmas special, anyway. So we out in the,
3: no, you don't wait till we've re entered. Uh, that's right.
1: So anyway, listen, this is the besotted Pride of West London podcast. I want you to go to the Besotted website, please, besotted.co.uk. If you check it out, and if you go there, you get this little pop-up, and it will actually give you a little bit of details about our socials. The first one's on the 2nd of second of November, and it's going to be in a pub in Bradford. We'll announce what that is. Uh, when you put your details in, we'll mail you directly, and it's going to be a nice night. Just a bit of beer, a bit of music, a bit of uh, ex-players, ter- Terry Evans, uh. and... Hydra and Marcus Gale Any and, and uh, we have a bit of karaoke if you want to keep singing and uh, we want you to come down and literally what do you say what's, what's the point of this we say there's no point it's just like let's just kind of just Find an excuse to go down the pub and drink and talk Brentford and get a few ex players there and chat to them as well. And literally, that's what it's all about. So hopefully, we'll see you down there in a couple of weeks' time. Other than that, like I said, you can check us out on Audio Boom. Besotted, please subscribe to us on iTunes and give us a little uh, give us a little uh, message and just write on iTunes and say, yeah, we love this podcast. It's brilliant because then we go up in the ratings and stuff like that. And also, check out our videos. Besotted nineteen ninety two, our video from Newcastle is up there right now, so check it out. And also, the Derby one, which is going to be a little bit shorter, will be up there in a couple. A days time but other than that as we say in our spaceship as we're orbiting the moon um oh coming we're coming back down to earth soon actually as we say because we got a bit of a result today which is better than nothing and there's the bees are inside there and we like to cheer our team on through thick or through thin as we say. Come,
4: come on you UB, U-B.